Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Last night, Saturday, I started getting a bunch of messages from various listeners and friends like Randy Cole and Mobius saying, Turn on the History Channel! There is a show on where a guy has found another space-time anomaly. And uh, the program is called Vanished. And you may or may not be familiar with the work of a former policeman named David Politis, who has become famous for investigating a lot of strange disappearances of hikers in the national parks all over the United States. He's been doing research for a long time. He's published a lot of really big, thick books. In fact, I've read um, some of his work. I even bought one of his books for my dad for Christmas one year. And so apparently David Politis now has this TV series on History Channel called Vanished. And, uh, of course, one of the great things about the History Channel is usually they'll air stuff, you know, two or three times. So I was able to catch a, a later broadcast. And he was profiling a couple of different people who had disappeared in the show. And one of them was a hiker who had vanished uh, right around Mesa Verde in Colorado, which is a well-preserved ancient Native American site, and that area has a long tradition of uh, portals, uh, unusual interactions with other dimensions, beings from elsewhere, that kind of stuff, which has usually been looked at as uh, more of a spiritual phenomenon. But in this program, David Politis had uh, two or three scientists come out to the site there at Mesa Verde and conduct a number of tests. Now, the first thing they did was use a tri-filled natural EM meter, and they were picking up some unusual electrostatic and electromagnetic anomalies. But the real crux of all this was the experiment they did to see if there was some kind of a space-time anomaly. Now, of course, I use the differential time rate meter, the DT meter, invented by Ronald Heath, but these scientists, uh, who were well-established with degrees in rocket science and that sort of thing, um, they were using a setup with a laser, and they didn't go into great uh, technical detail as far as the setup, but basically one of the scientists was shooting a laser across an area at the front of the Mesa Verde to, from what I understand, is uh, something like a, a prism that was able to bend that laser around and send it back to the source. And they were saying that um, they were able to precisely measure the time it should take for that laser to travel going both ways and that it was not traveling there and back at the rate of time which it should be traveling. So they seemed pretty astonished, and uh, one of the scientists literally said, you know, we are aging faster standing here than a person standing over there. So they were quite 
certain of their conclusion that they had discovered some kind of a subtle space-time warp there, which, of course, ties in very nicely with all of the Native American lore about this being a place where portals exist. And Politis even went so far as to take their data and bring it to a well-renowned physicist who studies black holes and all that kind of stuff, and uh, they, they brought the data to his laboratory. He looked at it, and he said, yep, says, yep, this all looks good to me. Uh, and he said, yeah, this looks like, that. sure enough, there was a space-time anomaly detected there. And uh, by the end of the program, he said, it's very possible that some of these people who are disappearing are disappearing because they are wandering into one of these anomalies at a certain time. And so it was quite extraordinary to see uh, that kind of an experiment and that kind of a conclusion reached on this History Channel program last night, uh, considering that last June I was able to discover that anomaly north of Las Vegas, which got big headlines all around the world. And... One thing I want to point out is that when the media around the world started covering my discovery here, there were a number of people who contacted me to criticize me, saying, well, you know, come on, that's this is unbelievable, you know, you're a paranormal investigator, blah, 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 and I was saying, well, look, I actually... I don't think this is such an unbelievable thing at all. I mean, we know that space-time is a flexible thing. And so we know Earth is a very uh, dynamic, mysterious place. And so I don't I don't think it's um, a- at all as amazing, really, as you might think it is for someone like me to go out and find something like this because uh, I predict they're all over the place. And we just haven't been out there looking for them yet. I mean, we haven't had access to simple user-friendly tools like the DT meter to go out and find them. And I said, I bet you that over the next, you know, five to ten years, we're going to start finding a bunch of these things all over the place. And uh, it, it won't even be a big deal anymore. And so, sure enough, uh, I believe you are seeing that my prediction is, well, an accurate one that, yes, what I discovered last year may have been the first time that kind of a discovery was uh, presented out there to the popular world, but now you have this big program with all these bona fide scientists and physicists who are saying that they have discovered something very similar right there on camera at Mesa Verde, and so uh, it has begun, it has begun. Because I think what we will see as time goes on is that these types of anomalies, whether they are natural or man-made, and I think sometimes uh, it's a combination of both, that they are coinciding with places where people have paranormal experiences, whether that be seeing a ghost or a UFO, or a cryptid, or having some kind of psychic experience, or deja vu, you know, the the list goes on and on. 
And so uh, eventually we're going to be able to take these spots where people are documenting these anomalies and sort of connect the dots to come up with a larger layout, a larger map of these places where paranormal phenomena occur. And uh, we'll learn something new about the uh, space-time, I don't know if you want to call it field, but the, the, the space-time component around planet earth so this is i i think a a further validation of what i was saying of what i found and before you know it this thing which seemed so extraordinary and paranormal would just become normal it will just gradually morph into something normal and then uh, what I found probably will not be viewed as as being as big of a deal as it was when I found it. So I'm very happy to see this. I plan to learn more about the technique that these scientists were using with their laser, but we're seeing lasers pop up more and more and more involved with this kind of research. Because as you know, I am right now in the middle of doing uh, experiments to see if I can artificially distort space-time and one of the ways I'm doing that is by shining powerful lasers through various uh, coils of fiber optics and and similar things I haven't achieved that yet I have not created a space-time anomaly yet Uh, frankly I'm having a little bit of difficulty getting my laser to go all the way through 8,500 feet of fiber optic cable. So I'm going to be meeting with some experts soon who are going to help me with that, uh, hopefully this coming week. But uh, I'm doing a lot of different experiments now, and I believe this is starting to come into the awareness of the general public that there's something about this relationship between light and gravity and space-time which humans can affect in a way that is maybe not as complex as we once thought. So I said this before, in the same way that electricity affects magnetism and magnetism affects electricity, well, if mainstream scientists are telling us that gravity slash space-time affects light, then light slash, or light should be able to affect gravity slash space-time. And so that's sort of what I'm working with here, the idea of bending that lens either way so this is really exciting and uh, not only am I in the midst of that but I also am making great progress with Parasymatics 2.0 and that is why soon I will be playing some very interesting sounds for you on this podcast Um, I have a lot to do as you can imagine so I don't want to spend too much more time on the podcast today, but I do want to remind you now that this Thursday night I am planning on being back in the casino for phase four of my roulette wheel experiment. What I'm finding, and I'll tell you this very frankly, is that now that we, we've had a 100% success rate through phases one, two, and three, I'm... Um, I'm a little uh, disconcerted, I guess, because as now we're getting into the complexity of getting four spins in a row, I'm looking at the polls that are coming in from the people who have made it this far into the experiment, and uh, two of those spins are now coming in at 50-50 with different results. So in other words, right now, spin number one is saying 50-50 
red or black, and spin number two is saying 50-50 red or black. Well, <laughs> um, that's kind of unexpected. And so if by the time uh, Thursday rolls around and I'm going to do the experiment, any of those spins is still at 50-50, then uh, I'm going to have to postpone it because I don't want to do this experiment if the polls are telling me that a particular spin has a 50-50 chance of being this or that. Uh, because at that point, it doesn't really prove anything about psychic phenomena. You're just getting back to more or less chance. So we'll see how things pan out between now and Thursday as more people are able to participate. And uh, just to reiterate, the only people who are allowed to participate at this point are people who have been 100% accurate through phases 1, 2, and 3. So regardless of how this turns out, uh, as you know, I'm going to be doing more experiments along these lines, um, but I just wanted to sort of keep you updated on where we are with this particular experiment at this particular time, and it's really showing me how much more difficult it's getting once you get to this point where you have to get four spins in a row accurate. So I'll let you know how that goes. This is an exciting week on a number of levels, once again, because not only am I uh, experimenting with parasymatics and the Time Machine Project, I'm also going to be meeting with a gentleman who is flying here from the UK to talk to me about getting rid of mosquitoes. Uh, I have some hardware I'm going to be sharing with him and uh, show that I'm very serious about this and what the possible implications can be. So that's something to look forward to. Um, and I just finished doing an interview uh, with Ghostly Talk. Ghostly Talk has been around for a long time. In fact, um, Scott, the host, was just saying that he thinks the last time we actually talked to each other was about 10 years ago when uh, we were at one of the the big ghost conferences up in Chicago. And so what they're planning on doing is airing the podcast that we just recorded this Tuesday night. And you should be able to access that through ghostlytalk.com. And it, it was one of those conversations where, you know, even though the program is called Ghostly Talk, we got into a lot, a lot of unusual, weird mind-expanding stuff. I mean, we went pretty deep down the wormhole talking about not just ghosts and UFOs and cryptids and psychic phenomena, but also time-space travel, paratemporal loops, men in black, the role of technology, what's happening now with disclosure. I mean, it was a really good uh, conversation that lasted a little over an hour. So you'll want to uh, check out ghostlytalk.com on Tuesday to listen to that. So, uh, all right, well, that is it for tonight. Like I say, much, much, much to do. It's going to be a hell of a busy next seven days for me. And uh, it's one of those things where, like, every day, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Every single day is a new surprise. I have my own things that I'm doing, but then every day I wake up, I get a new email, I get a new message, I get a new phone call, I get a new invitation, get a new opportunity. Don't know what it's going to be, but I will also tell you that it looks like um, there's a very good chance that I'm going to be a speaker at a conference in Seattle, Washington this fall, probably around late September. 
So once we get all the paperwork signed on that and everything is 100% confirmed, I'll let you know. But just in case you happen to live in the area around Seattle, Washington, just wanted to give you a little heads up there. Uh, Keep your schedule a little flexible late September if you would like to come to this conference and hear me and some other speakers talk about some pretty uh, mind-boggling stuff. So, uh, if you go to joshuapwarren.com, there is no period after the P, go to joshuapwarren.com and sign up for my free e-newsletter, then that way you can stay updated when the biggest breakthroughs occur. Uh, These are newsletters that I write with my own fingers, so you're getting it straight from the source, typos and all. And while you're there, go to the Curiosity Shop, check out some of the things that I'm doing there. I'm telling you, I have a new product coming out soon that's going to be pretty kick-ass. We're working on putting that together. And I am still editing the documentary that I shot in Milwaukee at the Psionics Conference. I know a lot of people are chomping at the bit to, uh, to see that. Please be patient. I have a lot of material to go through. I'm, I'm editing it all by myself. And combined with these other projects, it's, uh, it's slow going. But it will be uh, quite interesting, I'm sure, when it's all done. So I'll, I'll keep you abreast of everything. Just follow this podcast and follow my free e-newsletter. The podcast is called Joshua P. Warren Daily. It's always short. It's always free. It's completely independent. And you can find a link to this podcast there at joshuapwarren.com. You click that link. You can subscribe through various means. Or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren. And I will tweet when a new one is available. So, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.